0: Today, I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons
1: of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you.
0: I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of
1: training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined. is not a man. You guys have up your game. You know what guys, I got to say I I love this the concept of the man show. Warning. The Catholic man show is about to begin. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Catholic Man show. We're on the Lord's team the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. We are without Juan this evening, so it is inevitable that some of our equipment will malfunction throughout this episode. I apologize in advance, but advance, but shout out to Joan Posada. It is her birthday weekend and thus that is why Juan is not here jim is in the house though thank you jim for being with us sipping on a little bit of bourbon this evening we're going to talk about venial sin we're going to talk about uh our weekend yes which will be a lot of fun
1: figured that we would do that
0: and uh talk a little bit about bourbon talk about this man care that i I have today which is a book but it's a different type of book it's not a catholic book um is it good is it good is it a good
1: book well i wouldn't then I it's think, then it's a Catholic book. <laughs> I was to
0: say. I was about to say, like, do you think that I would try to promote a bad book?
1: No. What is your I wanted implication to, there? I just didn't want to. I didn't want to give away the the punchline. Gotcha. Know? Okay. You got to you got to trap the trap the victim before you spring what? the trap. You're the victim, and I trapped you. I got you to admit it's a good book. Therefore, it is a Catholic book. AKA, you're wrong. You, uh, say, you said it wasn't, but it is. <laughs> okay. I'm going to let you have that. Thank you. No, you can't. It's, oh, yeah, very kind of you. After I earned it fair and square. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, your house, I'll let you have that one. Your kids, all right, well, I'll let you have those. It's very gracious of you. That's a heck of an analogy. Yeah. It's, it's already mine. St- you can't just let me have <laughs> it. It's already mine. Uh, okay, so I already sh- shouted out.
0: Uh, gave a shout out to Joan... For her birthday, good there. So, I want to give a shout out to Paul Nesbitt,
1: brother of... Brother Paul. Oh. Brother of Father Nesbitt of Clear Creek Abbey. Abbey. Okay. Shout out.
0: What about Eric Morey? Let's give a shout out to Eric Eric Morey, too.
1: I don't know if he listens to the show, but yeah. He he probably doesn't.
0: However, I did find out that he uh, educates my children.
1: Ah, that's generous of him. Yes, uh, in co-op. He's one of the co-op teachers. Nice. Yes. He's also a good police officer here in the... Uh, diocese of Tulsa in ok- eastern Oklahoma. Yeah, I wh- liked. Let's refer to all of our police officers not by like their district, but by their diocese. By the diocese. Oh. <laughs> uh, I had. I, I was ta- telling Luke about
0: the b- about our weekend, and I was saying saying you know Father Maury was the, was the one who gave us a talk. Awesome talk, by the way. Just we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And mm-hmm. and I was like, and he has a brother named Eric, and he's like, yeah, Dad, I know. He teaches me at Co-op. And I was like, oh, awesome. Hi,
1: Father Maury. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, uh, so anyway, we just got back this uh today this afternoon yeah. from clear creek Abbey we we
1: went on why a... I'm so
0: tired yeah he he is a little
1: tired i'm 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 doing all right, but I don't even know why I got plenty of sleep
0: mm-hmm
1: i'm just i I don't know, dude, it's one of those you have to have a vacation from your vacation type of yeah uh things when I, when when Pamela got to the monastery today to the abbey, she said, "Your eyes are puffy, really yeah and I don't know, I guess they were hmm." So we went on to Clear Creek Abbey. Uh,
0: Dave and I and Juan and then probably what four or five other guys. Uh, David Biddle put there it were, on for there us. There were
1: nine of us total. We were a yeah. fellowship. I know that you don't get that reference because Lord you have never read or watched The Lord of the Rings. Um, so, it, which is, you might go to hell for it. I'm just gonna say, definitely purgatory. Okay. Definitely. I mean, well, don't, be- don't even ask. Don't even act like that's your opinion, dude. Okay? Well, what will be, just gonna be happen.
0: absolutely hilarious is if, you know, by God's grace and mercy, I make it up to heaven, and I'm like floating around, and I'm like, J.R.R. Tolkien, what's up, man? And then we end up being best friends
1: for all of eternity. Well, you'll be best friends with everybody, so if he's there, you will be best friends yeah. with him. Yeah. So I would expect that to happen. That'd be but awesome. But first, he will shun you. <laughs> before, before you become best friends? Right. Yes. So, you know what's good about the Lord of the Rings? In fact, I was reading it today, actually. This oh, afternoon, really? I was uh, on Sundays. I did this. I started it several months ago. I don't do it every Sunday, but on Sundays, I read the Lord of the Rings to myself. Oh, nice! Uh, just when the kids have when the kids nap. are at nap slash quiet time, mm-hmm. sit down by the window and read some Lord of the Rings. Read a, maybe a chapter or two. of, Dude, Lord of the I love Rings. being able to. So, okay, so we went on a, on a retreat. Yes, let's d-
0: first say what it is. Clear Creek. What is it? It's an abbey. It's a Benedictine monastery, cloistered abbey. They are all about the liturgy, you know, making the liturgy beautiful. They chant. They're all. It's all in Latin. The liturgy's all in Latin. Yeah. Uh, and we had a chance to very, stay. very traditional
1: Benedictine. Yes, yeah, so
0: and we had a chance to stay like in the monastery, you know, like the yeah. like not
1: yeah, so we had our, a we guest had, house. Had but had like, cells. In, yeah, cells in the enclosure, not in the enclosure, but in the cloister.
0: Correct. Yes, that's accurate. And so that was it. Was it was so much fun? We got a chance to eat with them and pray with them and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of chance to do some reading t- like silence like yeah there was a lot of silence which was exactly what I needed right uh, it was just amazing and I had a chance to read a lot which is why we're talking about w- our topic today on Vino Sin is, is due to me reading this this weekend
1: so I told you that I was going to actually make this my next topic uh, you know we talked about but you beat me to it fair and square um, so I'm going to let you have that one <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. But I was hoping to go to confession beforehand. You know, that was my plan. I did. I got. Uh, I know. I got I stood you up though for the rosary. Right. To do yeah, that. and that's okay. Um, I got my days mixed up. I thought St Benedict had it on Thursday. It's Wednesday. Wednesdays. It's Tuesdays, Tuesday and Wednesday. It's not Wednesday. Not and Wednesday and Thursday. And right. so uh, I ended up just going on Friday evening when we got there. Mm-hmm. And the the monk was an, just an incredible confessor. Um uh because I had been to confess, you know, I didn't have mortal sin to confess that I knew of, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I was confessing venial sins, but he took them very seriously. Okay. You know, uh right. And it just like g- you know gave me some words about, you know, uh, for instance, you know, failing in uh uh moderation or um temperance, mm-hmm. you know, and how we debase ourselves by choosing lower goods over higher goods and he also had the cutest, he's like very old, so he had like this cute French accent, uh, and that really like made it like, oh, I should really, you know, you, like when an old guy's talking to you, mm-hmm. you just want, you listen mm-hmm. to them more, right? Right, and so, right, right. Uh, but anyway, it was like very inspiring, the words that he gave me in the confessional, and it was just this very topic. So I'm glad we're talking about it.
0: Cool. Okay, so uh, we, we haven't even gotten into the drink yet.
1: So we're, we're drinking... Let us discuss. Uh, Bell Mead. Bourbon. It is a. What's a sour mash? Is that I mean, is is all whiskey a sour mash? Or is this different because it's a sour mash? It says sour mash on the bottle. Yeah, a lot of them. Say I don't that. know. I don't know about the mash. I'm not sure. I don't actually know a lot about the mash. Um, I know. I know the TV show Mash. I know. The, I watched a lot of Mash. Are you talking about Nash? No. You're talking about mash. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know more about the finished product. I know more about drinking it than a, I do about making it. It's a
0: 45% ABV. I'm, just, I'm cutting you off uh, is what I did. I saw that. Uh, they, they basically, right now, this, so the the recipe that they have is apparently older than the Jack Daniels recipe of whiskey. Now, they're trying to, to re-get it going again, and so right now they don't have their actual own uh they're farming out a lot of it right now and then blending it together i think they have four different types of barrels that they blend together for this uh ranging from six to eight years so it's a i mean six to eight years is a long time for a bourbon and is it yeah i mean four years typically boom get them out get them out there yeah Hmm. but so that their goal is 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 to start you had to be five years to be bonded you have to be four years to be considered um, whiskey.
1: Oh, I thought it was like 30 days to be considered whiskey. Well, yeah, I, th- I think it's only 30 days because the... It's four years for, for, for something. Anyway. Oh, who's the, the distillery that they pressure Cleveland, out? Cleveland, Cleveland Whiskey. What? Yeah, they age it in barrels for 30 days so that it can technically be whiskey.
0: Maybe it's bourbon. What are your thoughts?
1: Though? But bourbon, bourbon is different.
0: Yeah, maybe it's bourbon. Maybe I am getting
1: them mixed up. Um, I think it's okay. You can tell that it's a little on the younger side. It's got a little bit more heat, heat to it, a um, little bit of an alcohol burn. Um, but it, it does have, uh, uh, I would say, a medium length finish. I am um, not a, not a long finish, but it's it's not a short finish. It's
0: I tell you what, last week's uh, bourbon that we had, the the whiskey or Wyoming whiskey that we had, that was one was a phenomenal, a, a phenomenal I, bourbon.
1: I just I forgot about. I've already forgotten about that. I need to go get some of that. Because, it's really because you said it was cheap too, yeah, like 38, 40 bucks. Yeah, man, I'm getting some of that.
0: Uh, but this one's good. The, this one. Was, how much was this uh, one? This is forty bucks as well. Okay. And it was it was one of their. I fell for the employee pick of the month. You know, that's okay. was their. You know, which is a lot of times
1: it's like we got to get
0: this off the shelf
1: yeah the, fi- the fish is a week old we need to push it
0: right uh but i still think it's good it's, it Yeah, i know it's good it has a little bit more of a medicinal finish to
1: me yeah that i would prefer but you know it's i'm not picking it at 40 dollars over the wyoming whiskey for right. sure
0: right so, so when we get back we'll, we'll continue talking about clear creek and then talking about vigno sin one of the Lord's team the winning side so raise your glass and cheers to jesus
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and the man with so many names, the spinster over here.
0: This segment of the Catholic Man Show is brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker. Go to CatholicWoodworker.com. TCMS is the promo code. If you're looking for quality, handcrafted rosaries, Catholic Woodworker is where you want to go. Also, they're... Uh, Home altars.
1: See, the thing is, we have we have a thing, but I don't know how to do it like Juan does. I know how to. That's so we blacked it out. I know how to get it on the screen. Okay, we'll 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 go
0: back. There we go. So that's it. That's it. There you go.
1: There it was. Uh,
0: their home altars. The crucifixes. He's running a bunch of specials of of, uh bundles of of rosaries. So if you're looking to get your XS ninety men catholic rosaries or your men's group your knights of columbus group quality rosaries that are going to last go to the catholicwoodworker.com your, your
1: local atheist chapter yes maybe buy them all a rosary, rosary.
0: yeah evangelization i think they'll love it yes so anyway <laughs> uh so yeah so dave what was your favorite so we went together but it was more of a silent retreat almost like it wasn't a technically a silent retreat but just because of yeah. the atmosphere of Clear Creek. So, we, yeah, so it was
1: minimal talking. The, the, the monks observe what they call the Great Silence, which begins after Matins. Oh, no, I'm sorry, after Compline. After Compline, Matins is... <laughs> after Matins. Like, at, at, <laughs> at, at, <laughs> as soon as they wake yeah, up. Yeah, as soon starts. as they wake up, we begin, yeah. yes. Uh, no, and then but, it ends at Prime. Uh, after Prime. After Prime. Yeah, with the conclusion of Prime. So uh, they observe between that time, and they're mostly sleeping. Right. And so, the, you know, they wake up, uh, they they wake up at 4:50 on most days. Matins begins at 5:15, and it goes from 5:15 to 6:15. And at 6:15 they begin Lods, right? And six and Lods goes from 6:15 to 6:30, at which time they begin Low Mass, mm-hmm. and Low Mass goes from 6:30 to 7. So like it's not like they have a whole lot of time for chatter, right. okay? In the meantime, right. um, but they do observe with with the Great Silence, and this, so they ask that of their guests as well. Um, inside the cloister, if you're outside you know, that's okay, but, um, so it, it, silence is just also a part of the, their, you atmosphere, know, their lifestyle, their, like, yeah, their way of life, they don't, for the most part, uh, talk, in fact, they do, they observe silence, unless they need to speak to each other, you know, in the course of their duty, or whatever, um, they have 30 minutes for recreation after lunch, and at which point they may have conversation, uh, it'd be fun to, to, and and they may have thirty minutes after dinner as well. I'm not. I don't remember. It but. said that on a sign um, in the library. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that on their schedule, but um, it seemed like that might be the case. I don't know.
0: What was your uh, biggest takeaway? Like, what did you enjoy the most?
1: You know, um, I had sort of a a dry retreat. I've kind of almost been expecting this um, when I was reading. Uh, discernment of Spirits. I did it, and the, towards the end of the book, I did get the impression that the reason that I was reading this book was because I needed to be prepared for... Uh, it, 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 when I say I had a dry retreat, it was, it was still a lovely mm-hmm. and plenty of moments of consolation, but not, like, overflowing the whole time and, you know, mm. like like, very often is the case. So, um, but the what I learned from reading that book was, was very present to me the whole time. Um, and I, I received consolation from, like, in a different way, just, like, from the knowledge of being able to say and remember some of the thoughts to... Realizing what was happening. Exactly, yeah. and, and just to know that this is a trial and, like, this is this is a good thing. It's not a bad thing, you know, and so it was... Uh, it, it, the whole the whole retreat was good. Just walking away from my cell phone for a while was really good. Mm-hmm. I got to. Re- I'm reading another book right now, um, which I've mentioned. Uh, he leadeth. He, me. he leadeth me. Yes, and wow. that book is just getting super good right now. I'm a little over halfway, and it's just really intense. Nice. Really good. Nice. Yeah. It's actually in books. Actually, in book. But right. It's not intense. You're right. But mm-hmm. You could read it in a tent, though. Sure, yeah. If you wanted to. I mean, that would be just fine. It'd be totally acceptable. Or just sitting outside of a tent. Mm-hmm. You could have one foot in a tent. And one foot out. Right. What about you? What's your favorite?
0: So I I really dug the silence. I, I needed the the decompression. I was, There's a lot of things that I have on my list right now of, of prayers. Like, I have a lot of things in my life that are uh, approaching me, big life decisions that are approaching me. And so I know that... I need guidance, I need wisdom, I need uh, to be open to His will. And so I was very eager to get out there just to surrender myself, basically, to a weekend of just silence, prayer, and being in, in front of the the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. And so that, that gave me a lot of consolation. I mean, that gave me a lot of consolation. I, it was probably one of my favorite retreats that I've been on, actually. Mm-hmm. As far as, you know... I I've, I've taken I've, I've done a Crissio, I've done Axe. I've done a lot of other different types of retreats. All of them are good for me in in my state of life right now, currently. It was probably one of my favorite retreats.
1: Yeah, well, it's not like it was it was a retreat unlike most where there's not a retreat leader, you're not Right. We had you know, a lot of freedom.
0: You, uh, that we could do basically whatever we want. You could, you could want. have just
1: sat in your room the whole time. Sure. I mean, there was there was no agenda, so Sure. Um, it was up to everybody. I I got to do some work with some of them. I mean, that's one of the options when you stay there. Anybody can go and stay there. Just mm-hmm. send an email, go to clearcreekabbey.com or something, you can look them up. What if that that might not be their website, but you can schedule a, a retreat. And if you have young boys, I highly recommend, recommend that you do this. Yes. Go with your sons and stay uh a, a night there and spend the Saturday maybe and then maybe go home, you know, after dinner on Sat. I mean, just do what I mean, however mm-hmm. old your boys are, but um now that I have a son, like, I am so looking forward to doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love it when I, and I see it all the time, uh, a father and a son, you know, in the, in the refectory, you know, eating, mm-hmm. eating with the monks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even just, even if you just did that, you know, go for uh A,
0: a lunch, lunch or dinner.
1: Right. Yeah. Show up for, go to high mass, stick around for lunch on a Sunday or something, you know, Yes. It's a, a very formative experience. I always love watching the and just being with the monks praying. Mm-hmm. You know the way that they bow, like they the ba- reverence they bow all the way. You know it's a they they're at a ninety degree at the hip when mm-hmm. they bow, mm-hmm. um, and yeah the reverence with that they observe in ev- every aspect of the liturgy. There's nothing uh, whether uh, superfluous. They're walk- like yeah, whether they're just walking to a, a location, you know, they're doing it in tempo, mm-hmm. with reverence, with intentionality, you know, mm-hmm. it's just great. That actually
0: leads us, uh, it's a great segue, well, well done. Thank you. Uh, to our man gear today. Which so, is a Catholic book, right? Which is a book, it is not a Catholic book. It is Catholic. It, this is uh it's
1: just not about the faith.
0: <laughs> this book is by Stephen Ronella. Rine- if you guys have ever watched Meat Eater on Netflix or meat. out... Which out, all, all out TV,
1: all Catholics should eat meat. It's his newest book. He except has except on Friday. Except on Friday,
0: he has uh, a new book out. It's called The Meat Eater Guide: uh, Wilderness Skills and Survival. It's really good. I, I actually only got it uh, yesterday, but so I, you
1: finished I, it already?
0: No, but I've, I've been skimming through. I had ser- several things that I was wanting to look into, like what he writes in here. Yeah. And uh, this afternoon, I was able to go through it. And I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's going to be a, a great resource for me. So my boys are getting old enough hmm. now to where they're going, you know, they're wanting to go hunting, they're what's wanting his, to go...
1: What's his take on the incarnation? I do not know. Hmm. For a Catholic book, you'd think he'd cover you
0: that. Think, you think he would. Um, but my boys are, are, are very active. They're wanting to go uh, hunting now, fishing now, they're wanting to go camping, they're wanting to go... Uh, be outdoors and i highly recommend it and so uh, and support it and so there are a lot of times though when we go hunting that i'm not sure exactly what i should bring you know what are some uh things that are necessary for me to bring in the event that oh something goes wrong and we need to make sure that i have this it sure would have been nice if i would have had you know this paracord or what whatever it is and so he gives like the list that he has of here's survival tactics here, here, here's like what i would bring to uh survival bags is what he calls them i think and they're just bags that he's already prepped ahead of time and he just brings them with him every time he goes camping or hunting or something like that to where he knows this is this is ready to go like i don't have to be concerned oh did i bring this did i bring that it, he's already prepared for it it also shows like how the most effective way to um, harvest your an- the animal that you may have killed to where you have the most uh, get the most meat out of out of the deal.
1: Is this real? is this any relation to the show Meat Eaters?
0: Yes, I, uh, did you not hear me? You're not no, no, I you was, weren't listening. No, I wasn't listening to you. Yes. yes. Okay. It what? is the okay, guy Okay, good because it I've
1: uh, I've heard that the show is very good. That's what he does, you know, harvesting and then you know exactly. I feel like that you just haven't been listening to me for the last Five minutes? No, I was looking at this book. Yeah. Five minutes
0: is a stretch, but I was not listening to you. Okay. Uh, yes. So I I don't necessarily recommend meat eater, like watching meat eaters with your sons because there is a little bit of language. I mean, you you decide for that, but just fair warning. But hmm. um, it's it's a really good book that's gonna help me as a dad feel that I'm pre- I'm gonna be prepared in the event that like my sons Luke is gonna want to go squirrel hunting soon, and. I'm, we're not going to do squirrel hunting just for the sake of squirrel hunting. If we're going you know, to go hunting, then we're going to harvest the meat. And you know, you, know, What's the most effective way to do that? I've never skinned a squirrel before. Uh, and it gives step-by-steps, here's how you should do that. You ever skinned a smoke
1: wagon? Yes. <laughs> it says in here that you will probably last in a confrontation two minutes against an American black bear, 42 seconds against a grizzly bear. Wow. It doesn't say that. I made that up
0: nice so it gives a bunch of uh tactics like if something happens you know it's uh medical stuff if, if something happens here's how you you do it here's how you trap things so if you're looking to as a as a dad trying to get out there i want to camp i want to teach my son the outdoors but i'm not really sure exactly how to go about it this is an excellent resource uh he just he just got out i get i think during christmas so anyway i highly recommend it it's been a, a big help to me already so when we get back, we're going to talk about Vino Sin. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're going to talk about vino Sin today. Over the course of this weekend at... A retreat i've been reading this book it's called knowing the love of god it's by father reginald gary lagrange the little blurb on it is by dr scott hahn i don't know if you guys ever heard of him but who dr scott hahn he says i urge you to read this book and learn from a true master of the spiritual life it's put out by uh Ign- ignatius press and it's just different Talks that he's he gave over the course of his life on different on different topics. Lagrange, yeah, uh, Lagrange, yeah, Gary G. Lagrange. He he died in 1964. Is that a picture of him? Yes, uh, right before, or right at the very beginning of uh, the Second Vatican Council. He was uh, highly influenced by he's a uh, he's a Dominican, so uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas and. JP two was a, was a big fan of Gary Gula, Father Gary Goulagrange as well and, and pulled a lot of stuff from yeah. him. Well, it so. says he
1: served as the theological advisor to four popes, including St. John the Twenty Third. also oversaw the doctrinal work of a man by the name of Carol Wojtyla. Yes, JP two.
0: So, St. John Paul II. Mucho! So, uh, what I'm going to be pulling tonight uh, on venial sin mainly comes out of the, uh, out of this. It's mainly Can I his, tell you his something?
1: That Gary said about venial sin.
0: Sure, he's he said, bad, "Okay."
1: <laughs> he said that one venial sin is worse. <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna just <laughs> you're just gonna uh, ruin it, huh? I won't. I'll save it. Okay, I'll save it. So you, okay. you know, Adam told me this earlier All today, right. and, and so, so. He,
0: he was just gonna <laughs> blow it for me. Anyway, so he he, he he's talking about venial he's talking about sin he's specifically about venial sin he, he he brings up the question of like do we have this divine hatred for sin we've talked about before dave how there's a, a tendency or a a trap that you can fall into of glorifying sins of your past yeah you know where you talk about mm-hmm. your the, your past sins maybe in, in a glorified right scenario like yeah. oh well i used to do this you guys don't even know right. i used to tell you
1: how many beers i used to drink right or, or, or whatever
0: yeah. the whatever it was and he talks about you know we have to be have this hate divine hatred of sin right to the point of like you know you you just absolutely despise it mm-hmm. and that's something that i think we, we at least i constantly right. uh, struggle with and he talks about The difference in, in obviously, mortal mortal sin, venial sin. Why don't you give them just a rundown of mortal sin, venial sin, for just clarity purposes. There are
1: three three categories. There are three necessities for a sin to be considered mortal. Um, In the Catholic Church, we distinguish between the two. A mortal sin is one that destroys the um, relationship of charity that you have with God. Um, Mm -hmm. So it destroys. You lose uh, what we refer to as sanctifying grace, which is what you need to get to heaven. If you do not die in a state of grace, is what we'll say, sanctifying grace, then, um, then uh, heaven cannot, cannot be, be assured. Um, well, it could be attained, but it's not assured. The Lord can save who he wants to save. Uh, the, and w- the church does not condemn, does not ever say that a person went to hell. Right yeah uh, right. not specifically. So even yeah, if, yeah. even if it could fill it, uh, hypothetically be known he did not die in a state of uh, grace, mm-hmm. this church still wouldn't say that he is in hell, right? Um, but if, y- if you are in a state of sanctifying grace, you can have a reasonable assurance of going to heaven. Um, so the three things- the three things that would co- that make a sin uh, mortal would be that it is of grave matter that you know it is wrong, and you freely choose to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So yeah. if even one of those is missing, then the sin is not mortal. Grave, but uh, potentially grave, but not mortal. Well, it's still, it still will be grave, a grave sin, but it will not be a mortal sin. Correct. Yeah. And so... Uh, Unless, of course, the grave is the thing that's missing of the three, then it would just be intentional true. and... Free. And free, right. Yes. Yes.
0: So, Father Gary Grange gives an analogy of that, how mortal sin is similar to the diseases that strike the body's vital parts, such as like the head or the heart, and how venial sin is similar to the diseases that paralyze the members or organs, not absolutely indispensable to life, such as the eyes or the ears, but something that you you, you need, right? Which I think is a, a great analogy if you think about it, because, right. sure, venial sin is it. Isn't going to maybe attack your heart or or your or your brain something that you actually absolutely have to have. Right. But it's not fun limping around, you know, no. if it attacks your leg or uh, or walking or, blind or walking blind. Yeah. Uh, so he talks about how venial sin is is worse is a worse evil than any physical evil, because uh, if our God is an infinite God and we ha- and we do something against an infinite God, that is a right.
1: Uh, I mean, there should be a levied an infinite penalty, even for the slightest sin, sin, because it was committed against an infinite God. Right. right. And so he says, that the smallest venial sin is
0: greater evil than all suffering, all disgraces, all ruins, and all purely physical evils. This is what I was going to say. I was going to say that. Right. And so, like, that, like, to me, just blows my mind. Not that it's not true, but just how sometimes I take venial sin so, so lightly, Right, Especially, even if it's intentional venial sin, I take far lighter than, you know, obviously mortal sin, but how grave it really is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I know that I have certainly fell into this trap of just, you know, not, it's just venial sin, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, should I really have a seventh cookie, you know, like A seventh <laughs> I'm not well, kidding. I mean, seven is a perfect, I'm perfect not number, I mean, so that's I could... a good, that is a, there's a good... If you put seven cookies in front of me and then don't watch, I can absolutely eat seven cookies. Sure. I mean, you, I mean, we're talking fresh chocolate chip, no problem, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I won't even feel bad. I feel great. Mm-hmm. But, um... Jim has some right <laughs> Jim, now. Jim, look at this. Yeah. There are cookies here. My wife bought some. Let me clear have one. I want, I want... You will not. Okay. Uh, so... You know, we make light of venial sin. Um, I've certainly, I've, I've even make, made jokes about about it before, you know, and I didn't mean anything bad by making the joke, mm-hmm. but still, it's like one of those, it's like, oh, it's just venial, you know? Right. Uh, and did it get a laugh at the time? Yeah. But it doesn't promote. It'd be flippancy. That would be flippancy. Right. Yeah. It's still, there's still something at least disordered. I mean, at least you would have to say it's disordered to make a joke like that. Um, I mean, those are the kinds of things that at our judgment, we will. We will they be devastated by. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and there, I imagine there will be um, purgatory time. I mean, for. No the, doubt. He talks about it, it. He talks to, about. Because those, I mean, as if venial sin didn't matter or if, if it didn't affect you. And then I think right. that's what Garagru is saying here, that um, it still has an effect. On, on the intellect. Yeah, and he actually and on says the soul. it's an evil.
0: It's an evil to our intelligence. Right. Because he says a deliberate venial sin is committed by a soul that is consecrated to God. A, a, a deliberate venial sin that is uh, committed by a soul consecrated to God is foolishness. And the Latin word for foolishness is basically the opposite of wisdom. And so he, he talks about how it's actually an evil to our intellect mm-hmm. when we commit sure uh, venial sin. Uh, and it deprives our soul of this precious grace that, you know, that God has given us. He's given us uh, all these graces that uh, he wants to help us spread the kingdom of God. You know, give us these graces to help spread his kingdom. And these instant graces that he gives us by committing these venial sins, we shut that door of of those graces. Right. And he talks about this. David, it, it's amazing. He, he talks about how, and I've fallen into this trap totally. I was reading this and I thought it was, you know, written for me basically because i was like gosh this maybe is, was. I've, I've done this uh, uh and he talks about like well i you know maybe i lost that that grace at that moment but i'll, I'll be able to find i will be able to get that back uh-huh. you know like i'll be able to to to, to do something to, to to get that opportunity back and uh lagrange actually says no the answer is no you will not ever be able to get that grace back Mm-mm. uh you he says you'll be uh You will not be able to recover it. This grace, a thousand times more precious than the universe, has been lost forever. Right. Uh, Vino sin limits the sanctifying. You can't save grace. Grace. Right. The vino sin limits the sanctifying grace. Its uh, sanctifying grace. Its freedom of action. Vino sin does not destroy charity, but paralyzes it. uh, Paralyzes its action and growth. Makes it cold and hinders its emergence. So it often deprives us of the graces in the future
1: because right y-
0: you know whenever so you're, your,
1: you're not disposed to receive grace now as right, as e- well right exactly
0: and you know when you commit a mortal sin you're severed from all you know the sanctifying grace and you when you go to confession you're restored to the sanctifying grace however if you're not if you've not built up these these virtues if you've not built up uh, built up a home if you a foundation of these theological virtues that can be infused in, in, into you you, you, and you continue to commit these venial sins. There's, there's no way of, of building these up that it will It doesn't give it oxygen to be able to live. It doesn't give right. it anything to be able for it to, to, to live and breathe and, and work within you. And so even though you are restored to sanctifying grace, you're not fully like using, utilizing the graces. If that, I mean, yeah. Gosh, I bet Augustine probably. Wouldn't like how no, I, no, he, I phrased
1: that, but he, he would. He would not. He neither, would not like, neither would Thomas. Yeah, but hopefully it makes at least sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, and so, like, this is. I mean, the, uh, people often think in the beginning of their growth in their spiritual life that that the spiritual battle is against mortal sin, and uh, there is a, a a part of the battle. That is against mortal sin, mm-hmm. but that is um, the only the beginning. The real way of perfection is this battle, this battle against venial sin. Right. This is the one that is hard to conquer.
0: Right. And and, and, and saints throughout history have said that the spiritual life actually begins when venial sin is conquered, like when you stop sinning venially. Right. right. So when we get back, we'll continue this conversation talking about being. You can't, about, you can't sin. have a
1: spiritual life when you're constantly destroying your relationship with God.
0: Right? Exactly. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan and Jim Spencer. Thanks for sticking around. To you, I say mucho. That's what I say to you. Grande. Grande mucho. Ooh. Muy grande mucho. See.
0: Si. So we're talking about Vino Sin. Oh, uh, on the other side of the break, or before the break, we were talking about Vino yes. Sin. Yes. And we were talking about, you know, the importance of the spiritual life being able to grow... And the only way that that can happen is when we stop even venially sinning. And he he makes this uh, Lagrange makes this very interesting point that I have fallen into time and time again. He says sometimes repeated venial sins drag us indirectly into mortal sin. Right, we fall into a dangerous like stupor of lukewarmness because like again, uh, the venial sin just makes us dumber. Like it just you know it makes us callous It makes us not not aware of reality right, It makes right. us not aware of of being able to participate in the grace that God wants
1: to give us right because we we're choosing lesser goods
0: we're, it's prideful we're choo- we're saying god i know that you have y- your will that you want for me but i don't trust you i want to do what i want to do
1: right i'm not willing to say no to myself in order to say, say yes, yes to, to you, you even though i no. I consciously realize that you are a greater good than the one I'm saying saying yes to. I mean, are cookies a good? Heck yes! Right? Obviously. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't believe that, then you've never eaten a cookie. Right. But they're not as they're not God, right? I mean, right. Do you think there are cookies in heaven? No. Uh. So, but he says like uh the state. You're probably right.
0: And such the state of mortal sin can even surprise us, and how many times uh, we can commit uh, we can commit it almost without notice. Right. And how many times have at least for me, I know that in my in, in my s- spiritual life there have been times where I've reflected th- through, uh, at the end of the day and been like, "Oh man, I just willingly committed a mortal sin and didn't even think twice about it. You know, didn't even pay attention to it. Didn't even give it." the Time of day, I just like moved on, and I realized at the end, like, man, why, like, how, how was I, how did that happen? Like, I was, yeah. I'm surprised, like, but I'm in this trying. Case,
1: in this case, you're talking about a sin that is mortal, like, you knew it was mortal at the time, right, yeah, Not yeah. to be confused because we, we made the distinction right. earlier, not to be confused, like,
0: no, I, I, tr- I, I it's not like you're
1: looking it. back going, oh, I wonder if that was a mortal no, sin. No,
0: no, I, I look back, you and knew it said, was I a knew. mortal sin at but the time, I was just like, wow, but, I'm surprised but that
1: then I did you that. were in in re- reflecting taken by the flippancy with which you did it yeah, just the casualness just casualness, of the casualness.
0: Right. yeah just, just just doing it yeah and I, I really i wondered like well how did like how did that path happen like how did that snowball take into effect and a lot of times mm. uh he, he talks about it in here like if you are continually having you know committing mortal sins you need you need to make sure to do uh uh you know Examinations of conscience to realize where are the venial sins happening
1: right. that lead you to these mortal sins. Yeah, and, and uh, ahead, uh, yeah. one one thing that Saint Ignatius of Loyola recommends, which I have personally found to be very helpful, I've admittedly fallen out of the habit of doing it, but is a noon day um, uh, examination of conscience. Thank you. That's that's what it was. A yeah. noon examination and night. So he recommends doing twice a day. One at noon and one night at night. night. And when I was doing that, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I should start doing it. I'm gonna, I'll try to start doing that again. Um, because at the end of the day, you look back and you say, ah, oh, this is what I did wrong. I'm going to try better tomorrow. When you're doing it at noon, in the middle of the day, you're saying, oh, this is what I'm doing wrong so far. You say, I'm going to do better right now. Right. You know, it's, there is a, immediate an immediacy to its effect Mm -hmm. that i i can Can take action i can change that right now i will i will amend my ways now Mm -hmm. and so it it instead of just being a a rear like rear view mirror sort of thing it's a present exam it's a more of a present examination right yeah yes
0: so he talks about also like the ways that we can become because a vino sin just kind of dulls us it makes us lukewarm about certain things it makes us just apathetic right. a lot of times Vino sent some of the causes vices is what it does absolutely it causes vices and one of the main like one of the big vices is just apathy especially for men yeah he even talks about he actually mentions that how a lot of men oh, like are succumb to a lot of their uh senses you know temperance is a, is a really big problem and it, all it does is it leads them to apathy of
1: everything right and and so he talks about like yeah, okay. Like I think the reason we do that is because it's a um, we don't want to live up to our vocation. Men as a, men, all men have a vocation as guard uh, as like a guard. You know, so if there is if there is something going wrong, it's our responsibility to do something about it. It's our responsibility to st- to stand up to injustice. You know, <laughs> we're the enforcers of virtue in the world. Right. Um, and so the yeah. only way that we can uh reject that part of all men the vocation of all men is by apathy where we can it's like eh, whatever right I, I, I don't even care i don't care
0: it's like lu- this whole lukewarmness which god does not yeah. speak very highly of lukewarm you know so
1: like i'm like 20 percent canadian so like whatever
0: right <laughs> so uh one of the things he's he, he gives four I different do, I ways i don't mean
1: to slight all of our canadian Listeners. fans out there
0: right uh, he gives four four ways to escape this lukewarmness okay the first one is a good retreat Ooh, i know how to do that which which ha- like that's what I know where you should go it's like it's like punch me right in the mouth right i was reading this and i was like i was saying like yes I'm, I'm doing it like a lot of these things i need to i need to cut out and then it's like okay so how do i do it and then at the end of the chapter it was like here's how you do it go on a good retreat he's oh. like Good.
1: Okay. Good. I'm better than I realized.
0: He also says, uh, you know, a, a good spiritual direction, mm-hmm. you know, from a from a spiritual director. He, but he also emphasizes it doesn't have to actually have to be a, a a spiritual director, but spiritual direction even from a good close friend that is a holy friend, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fraternal correction, if you will. Okay. And then he says, uh, a lot of times it's just a great, it's just a heavy cross that you bear. Uh, the, what, what is a heavy cross? Uh, being able to, to emerge from this state of lukewarmness. So you God need to will find g- a heavy no, cross? No, God
1: will, will, will give you a heavy cross so to be bear. Willing, just be willing to... not Okay, because sometimes like sin itself can be a cross, right? Like It causes great suffering, and mm-hmm. it's not one that you... Well, a lot of times, in that case, it's not one that you should bear. It's one that you should remove from your life. You know what I mean. Well, the cross would actually be doing the doing the good, like care, like yeah. I mean, I just want to make sure because I didn't read what he was saying. Right, you yeah. have a bullet point here, and so right,
0: so but, but basically, what he's what he's saying is a lot of times, in order to emerge from this lukewarmness, God will, uh, God will embrace the cross. And, and, yeah, that's yeah. That's carry the, your cross, you know, pick up your cross and okay, follow me. Okay, and the, and then the last the last one he says is like so a lot of times it comes from a uh, great humiliation, realizing I am just wrong, and that's happened to me recently as well. And so, it's just like, yeah. uh, a lot of times, God has to break down the pride because... I'm not
1: familiar with the sensation.
0: Right. So, you know, venial sin is caused, More any sin is caused by, by pride. It's the root of all evil. And it's saying like, no, not thy will be done, but my will be done. Right. And so, in order for God to correct that, you know, in order God... To to bring us back to him because he's constantly calling to us. He's constantly calling us, uh, you know, to receive his mercy, to receive his grace. And where sometimes he has to do that is he has to break down that pride so that you realize there's something greater than me. Thus, you know, and it's not me; it's God. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of times, he, and, and uh, Lagrange goes through a lot of a lot of things in here about how there are a lot of stubborn men out there who. It, that's what it takes in order for the pride to be broken
1: down this book I'm reading he leadeth me the that's exactly what I was just reading about this weekend is just his experience of learning to abandon himself to the divine to divine providence mm-hmm. and he realizing you know he's like in solitary confinement being uh like uh, questioned every day for hours and hours and he realized like oh don't resist just like just abandon yourself and trust in God's providence take care of... It. I mean, it's it's a very powerful moment in the book. Mm-hmm. It's about the, what well, you're just it, talking it, about. Yeah, and
0: that's what Lagrange says. He says, our Lord uh, has such a desire to pardon all of our sins. Mm,
1: right. He
0: wants to unite, you know, uh, unite our friendship back together, and so we should ask for the grace to be made aware of our venial sins so that he can grant it. He can grant the mercy uh, uh, towards us. Uh, that's, know, that's
1: one thing that I know I forget to pray about a lot is just that I would be given the grace... To overcome my vices.
0: Yes, overcome your... And,
1: and be made aware of your venial sins and to be able to overcome those venial sins. I, I prayed that prayer here recently about one one vice in particular. And the very day I found myself at ease, but that at should, ease in confronting but
0: it. But that shouldn't that shouldn't be a surprise to us because God... I know. You it's, know it's, I mean, it it, it's the way of perfection. God wants to unite. Right. Uh, he wants a friendship with us. He wants a, us to be in communion with him. And he, so... He oh.
1: told Saint Faustina, "The greater the sinner, the greater right they he has to, his to my mercy." mercy. He yeah. didn't say like, "Oh, I will be more merciful," but he actually said that they have a, a right to his mercy, and he says that he gives them that right because he is so merciful. Right. Yes. Exactly.
0: So he also talks about the importance of uh, he talks about the importance of friendship. He talks about the importance of being in communion with all of uh, our Catholic brothers and sisters. And He says it's so important for for us men. Uh, he specifically says men. Uh, to be praying for the other men who are lukewarm or who are even struggling with venial sin, that they may uh, have a a softened heart to ask for this grace themselves. And so I was sitting there thinking like, man, I bet you, there was another guy out there who's super like way holier than I am, who has been praying that other men are doing this and hopefully
1: I take action.
0: hopefully I take action you yeah. know and, and this grace that God has given me this weekend to understand some of the things that I've been doing that I need to yeah. cut out I mean I used to weed be out.
1: lukewarm as it gets in college I mean I was just that, that was me I was right lukewarm Niles lukewarm Niles
0: but uh, you know even uh, you know Christ says come to me all who labor and who are overburdened and I will give you rest so if yeah. you're struggling right now you feel like that you're in a, in, in a hole you can't get out Go to Christ. Go to the sacrament of confession. Don't, like, run run there. And then ask for, for Christ's mercy and ask for the grace to overcome sin. Because we're we're made to be, per, you know, perfection is the goal. We'll continue a little bit more on the other side of the break. One on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Dave, the question that I was going to ask you, though, is your, your your kids are getting old enough now to where they understand sin. They understand being your immortal sin. How, yeah. how are you... How are you teaching? Well, they, don't,
1: they don't understand mortal sin. I don't, we haven't, I don't think we've covered that. I mean, they're not older. How old is Elizabeth? She's five. Oh, okay. I was thinking for some reason she's like six. She's tall.
0: Yeah, she's, she, she's just... She's just She tall. looks older yeah. than, what, than five.
1: She's uh, very mature for her age. You know? Mature
0: for her age. Spiritually, she's mature yeah. for her age.
1: She actually... So, she is actually super ma- mature, spiritually mature. She's done this a couple times. I don't know if... I think I mentioned this. She's done it twice. The second time, Mary did it with her. She's just been at the dinner table and said, I think that I'm gonna fast from sweets for a week. She's five. Right. Okay. The first time she did it, I was I kind of I tried to discourage her a little bit because like, Elizabeth, I I just didn't want to set up for failure. Right? Right. But she was like, no, I want to do it. And it's like, okay. And she did it. Like every day at dinner, she'd say, How many days has it been? It's been three days. Okay. And then the next day she'd ask again, how many? And then it's like, and we'd say six days. So tomorrow's the last day? Tomorrow's the last day. You know, and then like, I can't, I couldn't believe it. Like, there were times where th- there's candy. She goes, oh, I can't have any. Well, she came over
0: to one of my kids' birthday parties. And oh, we was were it? having cake and ice cream for the birthday that party. That was during that time. Yes. And she goes, I'm sorry. Like, I said, like here, Elizabeth, you know, here's, here's your piece of cake and ice cream. She goes, uh, that's okay. I'm I'm fasting from sweets, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, yeah, me
1: too." Yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 so uh, then the second time, Mary did it with her, who was is okay, so, three or so, four. So uh, she's mature. She's so mature, my mature, question mature. is,
0: how are you going to? We've been using the Baltimore Catechism a lot. You know, Luke has you know, already gotten to com- his first, made his first confession in in communion. How are you going to uh, teach them? mortal sin and, and versus being no sin like what how are you going to well,
1: approach I'm, this so far I'm, I, I don't know but so far what I'm doing what I do with varying degrees of success um, you know when I'm disciplining them discipline when I'm disciplining them disciplining maybe Ooh, I like that <laughs> <laughs> um, for instance
0: Father Brian O'Brien hates it when we do that <laughs>
1: He hates when we do discipline. It's okay. You know, like, when people tell me stuff like that, my natural reaction is to do it more. Yeah, it encourages you. Uh, That's just a little insight into the psychology of... David Niles. David Luke. Shocker for nobody. Luke Niles. (laughs) Um, But, okay, so, like, for instance, when, if if I, one of the trouble, one of the trouble, I'm very tired, I'm sorry. If one of the children gets in trouble for lying, I get onto them and I tell them, Uh, you know, Mary, that is a sin, which I don't do other times when they get in trouble. You know, so there are certain things that I emphasize with, like, you're getting in trouble. You know, it's not just like, oh, don't hit your sister. Mm -hmm. I mean, hitting your sister is, you know, that's a sin, but it's not like thou shalt... Lying is a species of sin that, Mm. like sort of like violence, but, you know, it's just different. Lying is, to me, more corruptive in the soul of a young person than um, an outburst of a passion, you know? And that's, you know, when when children have passionate outbursts, uh, it's just part of being a child and learning to master. You just need to correct the behavior more so than inform the intellect. They already know not to, you sure. know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. But with lying, I, I typically take a, an extra step of emphasizing, like, that lying is a sin. hmm And it's terrible. So, I do stuff like that to hopefully emphasize and so that they get a, a good groundwork of, you know, the, the ugliness and the, the terribleness of sin. When it's time, we'll create distinctions.
0: Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. Um,
1: what it- are you doing? Well, I like. Well, you have you have a, you mean, Luke, or he's you know, got to receive He goes to he's received his first communion, or he goes to confession.
0: Yes. So one thing that I do, I I, I try to do more often. Or I need to do more often, but I I, I do is make it have a prayer guarding my children from their first mortal sin Mm -hmm. asking our Lord to guard, guard them from their first mortal sin. I think that every St. Bridget prayer. Well, St. Bridget prayer has one. Yeah. There's another one also. I think that is, uh, from St. like through St. Joseph. Hmm. Um, Okay. But it's very similar to the St. Bridget prayer. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would like to continue doing that. So I, but I, I used, excuse me, I used the Baltimore catechism, because it, it just lays it out very well. Right. Um, and, and it, it gives uh, pictures, and it shows him, like, it, and I just walked through it with him and to, to be able to, for him to understand uh, the severity of mortal sin and what happens when, when you commit a mortal sin that you, it's not God, God has never stopped loving, God never stops loving you. It's that you decide to turn away from God. Yeah, and, and I think that, and that he respects your decision. And, yeah, and I think that, so that
1: is. How do you? What What was it that you used? How did you distinguish grave matter?
0: Well, I think that intuitively in we know as as humans things that are are really bad. I asked, I, so I, I gave a couple of different examples with Luke, uh, of of different levels of um, evil. If you will, and asked him like, do you think this is grave? Or I, I said, do you think this is? I think severe. I think is the word I used. Just because I don't think he understands grave, and he does understand severe. So, which is weird, because anyway, uh, so, and I, I just asked him. I started. I gave him a couple different scenarios. I said like, what about this? And what about this? What about this? What about this? And I think intuitively, as in uh, as humans, we know what's severe and what's not, and. Children's spirituality is not near as complex as ours because they don't have near the darkened intellect. They don't have near being able to rationalize themselves out of things. Right. It's it's much more cut and dry with them because they're pure and innocent. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, yeah, and you know, mortal sin once again is um, is relative. Actually, it's relative to your un- to your knowledge and understanding of the faith. Um, it's, grave matter is not relative, grave matter is objective, but you have to know, that's what the second condition, mm-hmm. you know, you have to know that what you're doing is grave matter, so there are things that will not be mortal sin for some people that are for other people, because they have a, a greater knowledge of the faith.
0: hmm So, that's what we, I mean, we, we just talk about it, and... It's so far done. How did it go? I mean, it, I think of it went well. I, I think that we as parents, at least this is my experience, I complicate things way more than what it should be. I think, like, oh, well, he's not going to understand this. I don't give him near the benefit of the doubt that I, that I probably should when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to physical things. I think I, I barricade him more than what he should be. Even like in chores. Like, what do you mean you barricade him more? I don't think that he can do it. Right, so just the other day, uh, last week I asked him, you know, I was thinking like, oh, these these leaves need to be raked. I, you know, I, I don't have time to do it. He needs to be, he needs to have some a chore this week. Oh, I'll go ask Luke, uh, I'll, I'll go tell Luke, you need to go rake these leaves. And I thought, he doesn't know how to do that. He's not going to be able to do it. And, I thought, and then I said like, no, he's, you know, seven years old. He can do this.
1: If and so I, figure it
0: out. I, and I walked him out there and I showed him, here's how you do it. Put him in the bag. You know, and yes, I, I still have him out there. Actually, it's kind of embarrassing, but uh, I still have like three or Luke? four, you know, three or four trash bags out there full of leaves. Well, I
1: you mean? You still had Luke out there? No, no,
0: no. So, but That's days uh, ago, man, we yeah, went on a retreat. But I, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't give him the benefit of the doubt because I think like, oh, he can't, he can't do this. Yeah. Uh, multiple steps of instructions, he can do. You can do just fine. Similarly, I think like, oh well, he can't sit for an hour or kneel for an hour in adoration you know he's seven of course he can he yeah. absolutely
1: can he, he only weighs like 40 pounds and you know how easy so it is to kneel when I you only weigh 40 pounds
0: this is something that i've struggled with just as a dad is thinking that he and this is something i i did not think i was going to struggle with but i do sometimes as I, I put limitations on them like self-made limitations on them that they don't need
1: because you don't want to set them up for failure
0: Probably, but failure necessarily isn't a bad thing for them. Right. It's a a good learning. It's a good uh, opportunity to learn. Right. And so, and and pushing them. They need adversity. They need to be able to, uh, you know, be in the grind and and, and like work through things.
1: There's a difference between letting someone fail and then set it, you know, like pushing someone so that they always fail. Sure. And, you know, there's a huge difference there. And that's not what we're talking about. Right. And so, because you could push your kids so far that you keep pushing them until they fail you know and then you all the all that they'll learn is that well i always fail right right yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not
0: having him read any of this summa right now however he and i can go through some of the why not uh because i put limitations don't on you want to figure out what it says <laughs> exactly you know what that's a good <laughs> point but we, we can sit down and in and, and read through the Baltimore Catechism, and or read through, you know, some of the other things that we have from homeschool. Sure. And he comprehends it. Mm-hmm. I just don't give him that benefit of the doubt. So I think that we need to push them. They need adversity. They need they need failure. They need to be able to fail, right. so that way they can get back up and learn again.
1: Luke, read this here. And what do you think in Thomas's mind is the material distinction between the first and second way? Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's.
0: Uh, but I, you know, when reading t- reading this book, knowing the love of God, it is it is I highly recommend it. It's been a, it's been a great book By thus far. By the Grange, yeah. Let's
1: call him the Grange. The Grange, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. It's 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 really really good. And Sweet. so we need to be praying for men out there who don't take Dolce. who don't take sin seriously.
1: Yeah. Uh, who that's are true. lukewarm. I mean, and that's like one of the things Our Lady has asked of us over and over and over and over again. Pray for sinners. Pray for sinners. Pray for those who do not uh, do not love God. Right. And then
0: uh, pray for the grace to overcome venial sin. Right. To be made aware of the venial sins,
1: and then to overcome any venial sin that you may have, because the answer, the solution is to Jesus. overcoming venial sin, well, yeah, I mean, Jesus is, of course, but uh, to be more to be uh, more proximate, if I may. Uh, the answer is death. Yeah, mortification. That, uh, death to in, sin. In order to come over... Well, death to yourself is what it is. I mean, venial sin, I think especially in men, resides largely in the appetites. It's not so much the intellect. Um, there are There is uh, pride, but pride is uh, uh, dangerously... Pride is one of the seven deadly sins, right? So it's it's hard to have sins of pride... It can happen uh, that are venial. I mean, um, pride very quickly becomes a mortal sin mm-hmm. um, because it takes so many evil forms. You know, pride per se is is strange, um, but so often I think it's I think it's true that the vast majority of venial sins, and especially in the life of a man, are reside in the appetite. Um, you know, appetite not just for food um but appetite for uh visual stimulation or for um comfort i mean there we have appetites for all kinds of things Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um disordered uh disordered appetites Mm -hmm. that's what it is in my own life i mean i can tell you so in order to conquer those we need to embrace death of some kind there is a death so uh mortification. Yeah, mortification. But um, it's not like oh if I fast I will get over my vice of gluttony. That is not what's it, it is not it's not an equation, right? Yeah. So fasting f- fasting is a is an avenue by which grace will be given to you in order to embrace the death to self, the denial of self. You you do strengthen those muscles, but you still have to do it in the moment. You still have to choose. No, I have had enough. Um, I don't need more. I want more. I will not. I I will deny myself more. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like oh, fast and then you'll stop being gluttonous. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can eat all the cake I want today because I fasted yesterday, right? You know, like it's not.
0: No, in fact, uh, Lagrange even talks about this. Is they're almost inoperative, because we have not strengthened them. So even though you you fast or you, you go to confession and you're 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 restored, some of these virtues are almost inoperative because in us because they are very unfolding and and undeveloped, because we don't ever develop them. Right. So even though we have the opportunity to develop them, we haven't, and so. The, it, it's not a arrow in our quiver, if you will. I mean, it, it doesn't give us an opportunity to continue growing. Yeah.
1: I just want you to know that death is what you are headed for. Um, and it's glorious. It's a good death. Uh, let's just kill it there. Do you like that? Do you like that? Put? I don't get it.